Welcome to this week's episode of Tell Me More. We're finishing up 1 Corinthians 15 with Dennis Wiles, and we're talking all about heaven today. And it's a really interesting conversation. We ask a lot of questions. I don't know how many we answer, but it's fun, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, welcome to this episode of Tell Me More. We're back on a Monday morning with the pastor, and but today... We're wrapping up your study in First Corinthians. That is correct. Your Sunday morning preaching Sunday morning, on right. Sunday on mm-hmm. First Corinthians mm-hmm. because we get the gift of finishing out Pastor's Bible study for the semester, where mm-hmm. you've kind of slowed it, you know, a little more detail. Mm-hmm. We can dip into some details. Mm-hmm. So that's a plug. If any of y'all want to catch, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the Wednesday the Wednesday Bible studies because mm-hmm. you can just take a topic and pick it apart. Mm-hmm. When a sermon, you wouldn't really do right. that. So mm-hmm. a little more detail. Yeah, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Same with Tell Me More. Mm-hmm. We do whatever we want mm-hmm. in here that you wouldn't necessarily do in a sermon. Yes, we so. do. <laughs> but, but for for this, as we follow the sermon series, which mm-hmm. is what we do in here, we're ending our Rededicate series, Correct. which right. I think I've heard really good. I mean, I've enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I think our church has mm-hmm. found it meaningful. And it's good. been really good for us. And uh, a lot of conversation about biblical interpretation yes. and exegesis and, um, you know, application. Which is, which which, is one of your goals. That's right. And First Corinthians has has given us a great opportunity to exercise and flex those muscles a little bit. Yes. You know? <clears throat> I had someone tell me yesterday that they were at a church in Bible study and a woman asked a question in Bible study, like, mm-hmm. you know, in this modern era. Mm-hmm. And the teacher said, you know, that's a good question, but you should really ask it to your husband at home. <laughs> and I thought... That is what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. And I thought that's why we are doing this, that's to right. kind of look at it more thoughtfully Amen. and see what it means, mm-hmm. not just what it says mm-hmm. for us. Right. So that's mm-hmm. been a good study. Mm-hmm. And we do that again today. Mm-hmm. You did it yesterday. We do. <clears throat> Here we are. Victory. Mm-hmm. That was the theme for yesterday. <laughs> and it was good. In which, I mean, I, th- I think if you're listening to this, you probably listened to that and heard it. But mm-hmm. you talk about the resurrection. Correct. And how it gives us victory, which is a word in the text. Mm-hmm. Victory mm-hmm. for us. And mm-hmm. so anything you want to say about it initially mm-hmm. before well, you, I ask you, you questions? You, 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 you said you wanted to start with with what was going on in the 1980s since well, yeah, you I didn't did. know. I did. <laughs> yeah, because you talked about, you contextualized it in, in what was happening <clears throat> in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. I know some of the 80s. Mm-hmm. I was a babe mm-hmm. toward the end. But yeah, what, tell me more about the early 80s. That's what I told him I was going to start with. Like, how was what was your well, hair? you know. You know, what were... The I would say we weren't we weren't bell bottoms. Uh, no, we're no, out of that. No, we but, weren't. You know, but no, uh, uh, a lot of khakis though, and big Khaki. hair. A lot of khakis, okay. big hair. Okay. Um, but did uh, you have big hair? Uh, well, I mean, I've always had you know interesting it's lovely hair. hair. Yes, oh, yeah. always. Oh yeah, it's a signature look. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we know this. But um, you know, as I said Sunday morning, it was just so different than today. Mm-hmm. You know, you you. You just didn't have this instant communication world that we're in today, and um, and the church to me, as I said, I think the American church had two primary voices. I mean, that's how it felt to me mm-hmm. in 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 the Protestant mm-hmm. expression of, yeah, yeah. of Christianity. I probably should have clarified this anymore because the Roman Catholic church has been very similar, you know, throughout most of its history. But I would guess in your <clears throat> growing up, what you're talking about contextualized, there wasn't a huge influence of I right. Mean, yeah, I what, was what you were kind right, of. Right. I was personally of. influenced because of where I grew up in that's Birmingham. True. That's but true. but in but general for a lot of people at Southwestern Seminary, That's right. Yeah. That so, so, right. And in the US historically has been a Protestant nation, you know, think about it yeah. for the most part. So I would see those two um <clears throat> strands, two voices as I mentioned Sunday, one of them being more social gospel mm-hmm. Take care of the poor. Didn't ma- doesn't mean that those who were in the more evangelistic, revivalistic tradition didn't do some of that, 
but our focus was on sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. making Salvation sure people souls. yes knew what it meant yeah. to um, to find life in Christ and not go to hell, mm-hmm. but go to heaven mm-hmm. as we would have put it in, uh, in those days. Yeah. And then, but now today, I feel like they're and so that's why I pointed out Sunday that for those who grew up in my tradition. The critique was, you know, you're too heavenly minded to be any mm-hmm. earthly good. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're, all you care about is heaven, yep. all you care about is salvation. Yep. That's the focus of your worship, you know, your hymns, you know, mm-hmm. um, and kind of the, the revivalistic tradition, if you will. So, mm. And that can be a ditch, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. Those can, can both be, be ditches. Mm-hmm. And so I think today, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very interesting to me, someone who's been a part of this journey all these years in ministry to watch it unfold. Um, <clears throat> we're just in a very different place today. American culture is in a very different mm-hmm. place. And you unpack that. <clears throat> right. And I think, you know, pretty, I didn't, even, I didn't well. even mention the, you know, another concerning, um, I guess, development that I have, not just what I mentioned Sunday, is mm. this whole Christian nationalism kind of view that, mm. you know, we impose Christianity almost coercively, if you will, well, that's also very concerning to me. So, as I said, yeah. I, I would, I'll stand by my statement. I think the church is in an identity crisis, the Protestant church. Um, and since I'm much more of a participant in it, in it um, and I, I think we're at a moment where we've got to um, give some thought to what we really believe and how do we really live this out in this particular cultural mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. So in church has always had to do that. But um, as I've shared with you before, we're in a unique experiment, free church, free state, mm-hmm. for this long. We've talked on about that in here, even. Yeah. yeah. So we're in a. This is an interesting moment for us, I would say, that I think is unprecedented, maybe uncharted waters, so to speak, for the church, because we've never had this much affluence in in freedom, where w- the church has had affluence in the past, but the affluence has been connected to control and power and authority over the state, if that makes sense. Well, we don't have that, but we still have the affluence <laughs> and the influence. And um, but we're living in a free society, and so we have to somehow navigate our way through all this. So it's just a just a very fascinating moment in history to me, and um, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm grateful for the heritage I have. I'm grateful for the, um, I guess the lenses that have um, that have been cultivated in my life over these years of ministry that allow me to to um, focus these moments uh, through. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hope I'll be a good steward mm-hmm. <laughs> of this moment for our church in particular. So I hope so too. And well, mm-hmm. and all of us on staff, mm-hmm. we can get it right mm-hmm. for this moment. Of course, with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a few things. I actually got some questions from a listener, longtime <laughs> listener, first time caller. First time caller. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so we'll get into some of those. But <clears throat> I thought maybe it'd be interesting for me and maybe the viewers. The viewers. Mm-hmm. Nobody could see us. <laughs> that God. needs to be next. Don't you? Mm. Yeah, maybe. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll wait after the children are born and Thank all you. that, and then we can— Then we'll uh, cast it right into your living room. Yeah, that's what I think. Mm, yeah, I think this is working really, for me right now. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, sorry. Uh, for the listeners out there, for our people, our church, when we talk about heaven, there's a lot of questions, and that's what we'll spend most of this time on, right. just this view of heaven. Of course. But the view of heaven and hell has evolved over time, and so mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you if you could tell us more about, you know, the perception in first— century Christianity mm-hmm. of what hell and heaven might have been like, mm-hmm. particularly hell, honestly, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that kind of evolves, mm-hmm. even in Jewish thought. Mm-hmm. And then all the way up to now, not mm-hmm. that you have to hit every century, but yeah. don't you agree that it's evolved a bit? It's I, different. I, I think so. I think that you, and, and you had, as you do today, 
you had varied theological perspectives in in first century Judaism about the afterlife, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that, mm-hmm. whether it was heaven or hell. You know, um, the I would say the predominant prevailing view of Judaism believes in an afterlife. Um, there is um in the first century you would have I think you would have encountered most Jews Jewish rabbis who would have believed in some kind of resurrection of the dead at the mm-hmm. end of time, some kind of uh, restoration of the kingdom to Israel. Uh, I think there was an expectation of a personal visit from God to Earth, mm-hmm. uh, and the establishment of God's kingdom, which, of course, would have been ruled from Jerusalem Mm -hmm. um, and kind of a a restoration, if you will, from this long exile Mm -hmm. that Israel Mm -hmm. felt it was in. So when I hear the personal visit from God Mm -hmm. to Jerusalem Mm -hmm. that will make a new kingdom come, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking Jesus. I mean, right, because that's my, you know, I have that (laughs) lens. Right. Anyway. And that's, and so I think that view was there. You know, I think it's it's somewhat of a mixed bag when you try to explore um, understandings of hell. There's no doubt that there was this whole idea of the abode of the dead, mm-hmm. you know, Sheol, mm-hmm. this place where it was kind of a shadow land where where people would go who were not the people of God. Um, and it was associated with um, suffering, um, wailing, gnashing of teeth. I mean, Jesus even uses some of that mm-hmm. language. So yep. that was I would say that was in the psyche and in the theology of of Jews in the first century, mm-hmm. um, and and so the idea of heaven was probably more um, maybe the phrase bosom of Abraham mm-hmm. or or even the word paradise seems to be the word that was more often used. Mm-hmm. Again, that was even Jesus's parlance. You know, he he would refer to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. He said he didn't say heaven, paradise. Mm -hmm. So this idea that in paradise there was just this beautiful um, existence of God's people and and somewhat um, an expression of just God's creation, if you will. Um, And so where there was life and it was life with the the folks who had inherited and and shepherded this promise that God had given to Abraham. And, um, And so over time, Christianity is birthed in that moment, and it becomes, I would say it probably becomes a little more definitive for those early Christians because the resurrection of Jesus, <laughs> you know, is a powerful statement about the afterlife. And so this great hope that was found in the resurrection of Christ made it a little more pointed. Mm. And so also Jesus did talk about judgment, about the about hell. We have the book of Revelation, you got the casting of 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 Satan and mm-hmm. and uh, all of his minions into this lake of everlasting fire and mm-hmm. death itself is destroyed and so that imagery is very powerful for the early church mm-hmm. and so drawing the distinction between those two eternal destinations becomes a part of the theology of the church mm-hmm. but over time what happens is you have all types of influences in in interpreting the scripture and so the two major schools of thought, if you will, that grew up in those early 200, 300 years of um, 400 years of, of the earliest expression of Christianity, you have um, the Alexandrian school and the um, Antiochene school. Mm-hmm. So school of Antioch, school of Alexandria. Okay. School of Antioch was much more Aristotelian in its understanding of, of reality. The school mm-hmm. of Alexandria is much more Platonic. Mm-hmm. And so you have this... Um, and the Platonics was very, very influential, particularly during the Middle Ages. Okay. And so Origen and some of those writers tended to 
um, what, what do you want to call it? Uh, spiritualize, I guess, the interpretation of, of the scripture, mm. allegorize. They, mm-hmm. they looked mm-hmm. for the kind of the deeper hidden meaning and, and it was almost um, this this embracing of the Platonic idea that you know the the material world is really more of a shadow of of what really mm-hmm. matters, the, mm-hmm. more of the spiritual realm, if you will. Aristotelian view was much more earthy, pragmatic. So the the Antioch school was much more down to earth, so to speak, <laughs> in its interpretation of the scripture. So, for example, if you were if you were in the Alexandrian school, you might be preaching. Um, Let's say the the story of um, of the, the the good Samaritan, and so you say, well, the guy was traveling, you know, on mm-hmm. on this journey, and it was a three day journey. Mm. Well, what does that mean? You know, Jesus was in the tomb for three days. Where that's an Alexandrian kind of exegesis, whereas the Antioch school would say, well, it's a three day journey. It was so, three days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, it is what it is. We're not is. always looking for these <laughs> interesting yeah. um, connections, if you will. And so over time. That spills over into various parts of our dogma, if you will, and one of those certainly would be heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. And so, um, somewhat of a, I don't know if I want to. It's probably may, maybe it sounds too simple to say an oversimplification, perhaps, of heaven and hell. But there is no question that it led to some view of heaven, in my opinion, being I would say a less than view of what the scripture seems to indicate when we look at life after life mm-hmm. after death, I guess is the way to put it. <laughs> you know, if you don't think about how do you really, what do we really call it? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that over time, the platonic idealism has found its way probably more significantly than any of us even realize or have mm. ever thought about. Mm. And, and probably what I would say because of that, even, even in my upbringing, when you talk about well, you know, when someone dies, you want to, you want them to go to heaven, right? Go to uh, heaven. Go That's the phrase. to heaven. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know that I would, you know, N.T. Wright really critiques that view, that perspective, that language, um, because of his understanding that heaven and earth are going to collide, Join. if you will, merge mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. eternal union, I, which I agree with. I think he's exactly right. Yeah. I, I, I espouse that view myself. I would probably be a little softer in my critique, though, mm. of it. Well, you know, it's anti right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. probably what I would say is, I think that rather than rather than maybe saying that we've been guilty of poor theology with regards to mm. eternity, which is what I, he might say, right? Yeah, I, I would probably say we've just been imprecise, maybe in our language. Mm. But I think the the root of of the theology is still there. Mm-hmm. In other words. When as Christians, we want to help people find their way to this eternal life, this right. relationship with God through Christ mm-hmm. that's going to allow you to experience eternity in God's presence, wherever that is yeah. and however God chooses to do it. I think that's really what we so mean. So we, want, to, we mm-hmm. want people to find their way to heaven. Correct. And so we might say, go to heaven. That's right. Which is just, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, but the understanding really. Would, Wright would say, watch that language. Right. He would say, be careful because you're. In his He's view, you're place, minimizing. A yeah, a place. you're minimizing what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, I don't know. Maybe not negating the beauty of what's here, but he would see that as heavily platonic. Mm-hmm. And and I agree with him. I think that I think we've done some of that. But you mm-hmm. know, you, you have. We can't escape our history. I mean, my goodness, we've had years and years of interpretation. You've got uh, – and, and you have things that have captivated people's imaginations, you know, like Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. We, we can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, when you, you had 
it's been a long time since I've read Dante's Inferno, but you know, he had these circles of hell, if you will, you know, um, and where it, and it really got into pop culture. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. A lot of what we think about yes, hell. Yeah. And about. so, you know, um, I, I get it, you mm-hmm. know, I understand it. And so even our language and some of our hymns, um, has a little bit of that in there of, 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 of what is, what it is that we're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an example and, of that? Can um, you think of one? Well, you know, Just like, to put you on the spot. Like, like, for example, um, and and I love all these old hymns. I've I've sung them a whole life. Sure. But, uh, yeah, we're but, not throwing them out. But we're we not. teach a lot of theology we in our do. hymnody, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. For example, you sing the hymn, I'm bound for the promised land. Well, okay, I'm, I understand what that means. Uh, but actually, I'm already in the promised land. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God has already been established on this earth. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's not yet consummated, I'm not really bound for it. I'm already in it. It's just not fully realized yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. but I will sing that song. Right. Or when the roll is called up yonder, mm-hmm. I'll be there. I've always joked that that's one of my favorite gospel hymns because when your last name begins with a W, you know, you're always at the end of the line. Uh-huh. And I always tease people when the Bible says the last to be first, the first mm, to be last. Finally, get finally all yeah. the W's are moved ahead of the line in heaven and all you A's and B's, you know, head to the back. Yeah, you'll know what it feels <laughs> that's like. That's right. And, uh, but, um, but when the roll's called up yonder, Again, it's that imagery. Give it that place mm-hmm. away from here. Got it. Yeah, that makes <clears throat> so, sense. But again, I think it's more imprecision than it is poor theology. There is going to be a roll called. Mm-hmm. There is the book of life. Yeah. There, there, there will be an accounting. Mm-hmm. Now, how that plays out, I see that merger between um, the book of Revelation. You know, when John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, I saw that this new Jerusalem coming down. Yeah. This And even the, the language that Paul uses in First Thessalonians, that when when um when the the dead in Christ are raised and together we meet him in the air that greek word meet typically was used to refer to mm-hmm. we've talked about this yeah. before going to the um the, the outside of the to city somebody, that's right. right and escort them back into your into your home and so that's what i envision happening i believe this kingdom of god is going to be set up on earth fully consummated but it's a union between heaven and earth mm-hmm. and so so there's a lot different. of rich imagery in all of that. So can and, I can I shift? Can I ask you then? Then what about hell? Right. I mean, well, see, Lewis talks about kind of a nuanced view of it, and right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, if this is the big thing going on uh-huh. for what we'd call heaven, mm-hmm. this renewed earth, right? What about all the people that have either denied Jesus or right. never knew about him? Right. right. And that's where it gets a little more dicey, okay? <laughs> so and, if you could just give us like a 10-second, yeah. you know, just clear answer. No, well, I'm, just, I'm just messing. There's yeah. no 10-second answer. <laughs> no, I would say my, my take on it is, and again, I, I want to be truer to Scripture than, um, you know, mythology, if you will. Mm-hmm. So when I look at what Which the— Which is a, a good nuance for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So what the Scripture seems to teach is that God has destined— a, a place of eternal judgment. Mm. And in that place, variously named, I think right now I would refer to it as Hades. That's the abode of the dead. That is the place, the temporary holding place for the wicked. Mm. And um, and so I would say right now eternal hell is empty. <laughs> a little controversial. You know, a mm. Baptist preacher thinks hell is empty. But, but I think that's because that's the final place of judgment. Mm-hmm. We're not and there yet. That's right. And so I believe that's going to happen. And unfortunately and sadly, I do think it is a place of torment and suffering and brokenness and separation from God. In other words, it's the opposite of everything that is flourishing, that is life, mm-hmm. that is hope, that is joy, that is abundance, that everything that God has has brought into being is is what it's not, and it's outside the presence of outside God. Outside the presence of God is what mm-hmm. I would say, and so you're separated, mm-hmm. you know. And how do you think that works with the new heaven and new earth? 
Um, I think that that's what I mean in terms almost of like almost physically. Yeah, the... I think at the at the end when it's all said yep. and done, yep. everything is finally done, <laughs> and that role is called. Then I think there is going to be this merger of heaven and earth, and then I think there's going to be this re- this place of absolute rejection and abomination and hopelessness, hmm. and there's actually going to be a place, a physical place, physically removed from removed this new from thing. this, yes, huh, okay. that we will be totally unconscious of in our existence as believers. Hmm. Which I want to talk about what you think our existence <laughs> as believers, <laughs> right? Yes, right. Because there's this. Perception, and you you described it well. Yeah, let me let me say this real oh, quickly. Oh yeah, please. Though. Yeah. Let me insert Anything. this. The reason I believe that, Katie, is because I know that's a little controversial. Some people are like, mm, okay, so I mean, not forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, so forever is what you're saying that that folks are going to be this, separated this from God. You're talking about forever, yeah. right? And that because that can t- that mm-hmm. can be tied mm-hmm. to the character of God, right? Would Absolutely. God would that's our right. good God that's do right. that? That's right. what I mean. So I want to address that. Here's what I would say. Um, I am a I am a Jesus man. I said this was my first sermon in <laughs> first Baptist Arlington twenty one years ago, whenever it was. Um, so I I I guess I see everything through my Jesus glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I interpret all of history through Jesus. I interpret the Scripture through Jesus. He is the final criterion for me when it comes to interpreting what God is doing, what God has said, and what God will do. So if there is no final judgment, okay, then what I would argue is that minimizes the cross Hmm. and the absolute sacrifice of the Son of God and the whole understanding of the atonement and the agony of Christ, our our Savior, being separated as God the Son from God the Father and the Spirit on our behalf— receiving the final ultimate judgment and condemnation of evil upon himself. If if there is no final judgment, then to me that minimizes what Jesus did. And I just I just can't do that. Can't let I, it go. I can't. I can't I can't get away from the atoning death of the Son of God. Mm. So mm-hmm. that 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 leaves me in the camp of eternity. Because of yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. Okay. As uncomfortable as it is, uh-huh. it makes yeah. and I'm, I logical have, sense. Absolutely, I'm not. I'm not in any way. Rel- you know, some people. Um, you know, when I was growing up, you know, we we were taught. Um, you know, you just couldn't cuss. I mean, we mm-hmm. we you know, my home, my fam- my church, and so I've I've never told anybody to go to hell mm-hmm. in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Okay, and no, and and a lot of that's rooted in my puritanical um, <laughs> conscience. But as I've gotten older, it's actually rooted in my theology. Hmm. I don't want anybody to go to hell except for the devil. Yeah. And so hmm. you will never hear me say that yeah. because um, I, I believe, I actually believe in it and I believe it's a terrible place and I've given my life to keep as many people out of there as possible. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think it's funny, funny, I don't know if that's the right word, a lot of people do have a very serious view of hell, as mm-hmm. they should. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like almost a right of view course. of hell. Mm-hmm. But we struggle to have a good view of heaven. That's correct. Which is <clears throat> mm-hmm. where that kind of, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was tangential to it growing up, that kind of fundamentalist, mm-hmm. like, we got to keep you out of hell because it right. sounds terrible. That's right. But not much of the, man, but what about life in Christ that's <laughs> right. forever without exactly. sin and death and pain? 
that disembodied, as I talked about, Sunday morning, just yeah, <laughs> spirits kind of lounging on the clouds. You'll never die, but it doesn't seem that great. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's redeem, let's redeem help us. that. And so, so, right. I want, so if you're ready, I want to talk ready. a little bit about that. I'm ready. That, what do you, we talk, you talked about it and you gave some mm-hmm. tangible examples. Mm-hmm. You're talking about no more, you know, these, we're going to put some people out of their careers. <laughs> That's right. I was speculating while I was listening to this, is it mine? Is it I, Lord? Because my job is right. uh, 80%. Uh, caring for those suffering uh-huh. and, and creating programs right. and visits and uh-huh. all of that for yeah. people who are in hospitals or away. grieving or divorced. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things that mm-hmm. we I don't think will exist. And mm-hmm. so I may be getting a new career mm-hmm. in heaven, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, okay. There's a million questions that I can picture someone driving down the road thinking, okay, if I'm thinking about hell or heaven, excuse me, you joked about this, but like, is my fam- like is my family there? Yeah. Am I on wanting to drive? Is you know is it my home? Right. Am I this age or am I younger? Right. Where I have like the perfect body, per- quote unquote perfect body. Right. Sure. I'm growing these children. This is mm-hmm. now. This is me. Mm-hmm. I'm growing these children. I haven't met them yet. Am I gonna? I'm not gonna be pregnant in heaven. Right. Am I gonna have my children around mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. What age are they gonna be? Mm-hmm. Are they gonna have their families? You know, because mm-hmm. it's this timeless generational mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What are your what are your highlights on? <laughs> We'll have our bodies. That's right. Let's start there. Right. You think we're going to have our bodies. I do. And you get that from the text. I do. Okay. Absolutely. I think I get it from Jesus. Okay. You know, so again, I mean, I'm interpreting everything through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what happened to Jesus when he was resurrected from the dead? Well, he was resurrected from the dead with his body. Mm-hmm. And so and he was recognizable. <clears throat> recognizable. And it was Jesus. Unless he chose not miraculously to yeah. shielded you from it. Absolutely. And... Um, and so, yes, I, I believe we will have our bodies and we will be recognizable. I believe when you see me in this eternal existence, you won't wonder who I am. Hmm. You will know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I, I mean, I have lots of questions too. So don't, don't, I'm not the sole repository of all truth, you know, so I'm not sure about a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, but for right now, but, me and uh, you in here, yeah, it's it, it that's but, it. Uh, but I would tell you that I believe we will have recognizable bodies. You know, we, I think we have glimpses before Jesus, before the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for example... Um, you have um, uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. So there is Jesus, and he is with Peter, James, and John. And the next thing you know, something happens to Jesus, and these disciples get this glimpse of the glorified Christ. It's pretty overwhelming. You know, his clothes are like lightning, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's just this burst of glory. And then there's Moses and Elijah in bodily form, Two people who are already in eternity, mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. One has not died, one has, which is also another fascinating mm-hmm. and interesting yes, story with Elijah. About that. Yeah, one day. <laughs> but um, but the point is they are both there bodily present with Jesus and the disciples recognize them. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a little bit of a clue. Doesn't answer everything, but it helps me understand that okay, there's some kind of bodily presence there. Then Jesus tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you know, and and the rich man looks up in Hades and he sees Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that Lazarus was physically lying in Abraham's lap and Abraham's coddling him? No. What it means is he was in that place, that kind of that promised place, that, that place of blessing and eternity, whereas the rich man was not. You know, he is in that place of torment and he is, he's just wanting something, he's, he's wanting you know, can you just give me something to drink? You know, I'm tormented. Physical body in some kind of existence. So would have been Lazarus. That's a different Lazarus. Mm. So you have that story. Um, then you have, um, you know, the, um, the, the resuscitation, if you will, 
of these folks who've died. Yes. And Jesus brings them back and with a bodily existence, which is still is a little bit different. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. Yeah. Um, but then you have Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, so now we're in a little different, we're in a little different part of the story here because Jesus is now um, demonstrating something that's just heretofore unheard of, never happened before. One of the reasons that Paul will say he's the firstborn from the dead. This this has never happened. He's resurrected from the dead, and he has a body, and he's recognizable. He eats breakfast with the disciples. He breaks bread with the, the folks in Emmaus. I mean, he has got this physical body that draws some kind of sustenance, and yet, and there he is, recognizable. But it's different, though, mm-hmm. because he'll just disappear, mm-hmm. you know, or he will ascend, if you will. So there's mm-hmm. something different about it, mm-hmm. and yet there's something familiar about mm-hmm. it. So that gives me the indication that there's at least the the example to me of what is in our future. Then you take the theology of the of the New Testament, where Paul says, "Okay, now we know Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. Well, guess what? So will we be mm-hmm. resurrected from the dead." Now Jesus did tell the thief on the cross, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Yeah. Once again, paradise, bosom of Abraham, was common language in the first century. Mm-hmm. So there's that that place, if you will, bodily presence. I would I would believe. Mm-hmm. So we have enough indication in the New Testament that there's some kind of bodily existence. Now, when we are resurrected from the dead, First Corinthians 15, mm-hmm. Paul says this perishable part of us, this mortal part of us, all that is taken off like, like clothing. Mm-hmm. We take all that off and we put on the new clothing and the new clothing is that resurrected body. Mm-hmm. That resurrected body, just like this body has been uniquely equipped, designed by God for this temporal experience on earth, well, that resurrected body is going to be uniquely equipped by God for that eternal experience. But I believe it's going to be in a tangible kind of universe. It's going to be in a tangible kind of world, that mm-hmm. a space that makes sense to us, that where we can flourish and and live these lives that are purposeful and live more fully in the purposes of God than we could have ever imagined before this happened. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and that would be heaven to me. And I believe it's going to be here on earth. Mm-hmm. Now, some people go, well, wait a minute, so do you believe in heaven on earth? Well, you want to be careful because that, that phrase has been used by some to critique different views of eschatology. Mm-hmm. You know, the okay. words, you know, the, the post-millennialists that heaven's going to come on earth and we're going to reign with Christ, you know, then the end will come. That's not what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. even though I don't want to I don't want to discount post-millennialists. There are some fine scholars who are post-millennial. That's not my point. I'm right. talking about the ultimate end of time, Christ's return, the last trumpet has sounded, the dead have been raised. We have met Jesus in the air. We've escorted him back to this earth, and we will rule with him which is God's original design in the first place. We go all the way back to the book of Genesis. I want you to exercise dominion yes. and rule over this over this uh-huh. earth. So, so when so when you say, "What well, is that?" That's right. Finally, and it's going to be to me um, uh, a, an opportunity for us to flourish in ways that we could never imagine, but we've had tastes of, we've had glimpses of. Mm-hmm. So when I said Sunday morning, think about that greatest day in your life, that day of mm-hmm. most accomplishment, yep. that day of most purposeful day of your life, that day where you think, "Man, if every day were like yep. this." Well, one day, every day will be like that. Yes. And so. that's a good view of heaven. Mm-hmm. I like that better than, mm-hmm. you know, harps on clouds. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Unless so, you're a harpist. I mean, if you're a harpist, then you know how. Hey, if that's the best Maybe that's life, what you'll get to do. Well, and we love that for you. <laughs> Absolutely. But not for me. I don't want to learn how to play <laughs> the harp. I hope there are some harps in heaven. I think it'd be beautiful. I think so, there'll be music. I think there'll say, be creativity. What does that lead to? Yeah. I mean, I think you will. You think we'll work? I think we will. I do. I do think, though, that some will be put out of business. That's what's going to have to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to need, you know, doctors and nurses and police officers and all that. 
which we do need here. We live in a broken world. Those are just signs. And also some of these jobs that are predatory or, you know, Correct. like I don't know if I have payday loans That's right. in heaven either. I would think so not. Things like that, pawn shops, <laughs> so, et cetera. Correct. You got it. You're going to have to change careers. Yep. Um, but I think I think the the beauty of artistry, creativity, music, um, expression of, of what a, a flourishing life tends to reveal about a person, I think that will be – what, what will take place, that mm-hmm. we will have all of that alive in us. I also think that there will be this incredible, um, deep relating ability mm-hmm. that, that we long for today and that we do experience some. There, there, As I said, there are glimpses of it all around us. There are examples of the kingdom of God already on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I believe those deep relationships are going to be there for us there. Think about how fulfilling those can be, you know. Now, I think they'll be different. You know, when Jesus said, well, you won't be given in marriage in heaven, that's a fascinating thing mm-hmm. that I still have questions about. about that? Um, but it's in spite of the fact that I don't quite know exactly what that means, I still believe there's going to be knowledge that's in our eternal existence that's rooted in what has happened to us here on this earth. Mm. I think there's going to be an acknowledgement of our earthly life. In other words, I don't think I'm going to be in glory wondering what I did for a living when I lived on this mm. earth prior to my death. I don't think They'll that's be connected true. I think I will way. know hmm. this is what I used to do. This mm-hmm. is what was necessary for me. Mm-hmm. And so even people like me, some of my job will be put out of business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah. I have questions about it all, of course. but But I think I have enough enough answers. You know, like, for example, um, will there be temptation in in this eternal existence, this heaven on earth? I would say no. Satan has been bound. Satan will have been Mm -hmm. judged by God. Okay? So think about all the brokenness that sin brings to the world and how Christians express the glory of God by encountering the brokenness and the sin. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, you you don't need to do that anymore. So what are Christians going to do. How do we express? <laughs> that's right. How do we reflect the glory not, of God? Right. If you're not battling Just the living forces in perfect of evil. Community. That's right. Huh? Living in community with one another, yeah. with, with the Lord. I think living purposefully in relationship to his creation mm-hmm. and exercising the dominion that he originally intended in all of its innocence and all of its glory. Do you, and I've always envisioned it, and this may be just my, my imagination, it's a little more primitive to me. I don't picture yeah. like the urban... You know, these um, highways <laughs> yeah, look like right. spaghetti. Not like the Jetsons. All, all these, yeah. You don't know what the Jetsons are, though. You're too young. Sorry, that was back the in the Jetsons. 80s. Okay, I know sorry. the Jetsons. But it's a little more agrarian in my mind. Yeah. You know, that we live in this perfect kind of commune <laughs> that that wouldn't work now. Right. But might work then. I don't yeah. know. It's, and that's just maybe a thought experiment yeah. that I have. But it's hard for me to envision, like, commuting to downtown Dallas, going to a high rise. Right. All this traffic, all that. <laughs> is that a seems, part of heaven? Somehow that it, it is eliminated right. and is not part of heaven, right. you know. And maybe it is. Maybe it's perfected. But yeah. kind of the, the corporate greed yeah. and the, right. um, you know, the unsustainability of, and, of and, you know, we're stewarding things. Yeah, when you say that, I'll be honest with you, I haven't really thought much along those lines about the simplicity of it. I just it. picture it much more... One with the earth, mm-hmm. you know. Tell me more about that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I guess I haven't really, I haven't given that a lot I've, of thought. I don't know. Per se. Well, I think there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. Um, let me talk it out. I think there's a lot of corruptness in the the mass. Pro- I mean, everything about mm-hmm. our food systems, about our, mm-hmm. um, all, most of our vocation. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, oppression. You mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And I think when that's all eliminated, it's just going to look a little more. Mm-hmm. Communal, yeah. Then we can pull off right mm-hmm. now, yeah. You know, maybe we'll all have our own gardens. And... I'd see it more, or a community garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we actually can yeah. share right. and not exploit people, mm-hmm. and and 
Mm-hmm. And it doesn't like become that. corporate in and, its or, or capi- it's, the worst parts say, of it's, capitalism. It's interesting, you know? you, it's interesting that you say that. Again, I haven't I really haven't given that as much thought as I need to. That'll I need to explore that a little bit more. But I will say this. I do love the garden imagery, mm-hmm. you know, that that humanity was placed in a garden. Jesus, so the, the creation happens in a garden. Well, recreation happens in a garden. Mm-hmm. And um, N.T. And Wright even points out, you know, how Mary Magdalene thought Jesus was the gardener. Mm-hmm. And she's not yeah, really, would, she's would, not off base there if yeah. you think about it. You know I mean? That's a nice yeah. connection you made <laughs> yeah. yesterday. And, and then sure. you've got the, the, in the book of Revelation, all of a sudden the tree of life reemerges, yeah. you know. Um, but you've got this, um, just thinking out loud with you, um, this New Jerusalem, this holy city, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, um, is 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 the way it's imagined. And, you know, there are streets of gold. And I know a lot of people make fun of that and go, well, you know, that's just yeah, kind yeah. of a way to describe. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, if there are streets, yeah, then maybe there are maybe paved with gold. You know, I mean, solid gold. in other words, it's just, it's the greatest expression of 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 goodness that any of us could mm-hmm. ever imagine straight out of the mind and the heart of God. So think about it. If this world broken, I get it, soiled by sin, however, we would all admit though, there's a beauty and splendor in this world that's breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, yep. you, you you can be um, you know, standing um sometimes it'll happen to me one of my favorite places to go is to is to the Panhandle of Florida. There's something about the ocean for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Those waves washing in, and sometimes if you're able to be there when there's not a lot of people there, and mm-hmm. you know, and you stand there and just look at the expanse of the ocean. I love the mm-hmm. beauty of those waves yeah. crashing in, and the sun will kind of just drop mm-hmm. down over the horizon. It's it's breathtaking. It it's it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, or Ryan, first, Ryan and I do a lot of national parks. You yeah. know, when we go on vacation, we yeah. try to hit a national park. Same, it's amazing. Yeah, incredibly, when you look at the creation. Incredibly diverse and beautiful. Yes, I mean, yeah. my wife loves the mountains. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm a little afraid of heights. So it's a little challenging We're for more me. Mountain people. To, it's, yeah. it's a little challenging, more challenging but for me to be all to be awed. Well, yeah, because <laughs> your heart my, rates, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of taking yeah. deep breaths. Yeah, but. this is great. Thanks, God. <laughs> but you know, we went to Yosemite last summer, mm-hmm. and it's and I had been there before, but Ryan mm-hmm. hadn't. And you turned some corners there, right. and it's just it's magnificent, breathtaking. It is. If this world mm-hmm. is that, has that, just imagine yeah. what it's going to be like when it's absolutely yeah. perfect. And I think it, in some ways, all we have is our imagination mm-hmm. in, in terms of if we knew it all mm-hmm. or could see it all. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like knowing God. Mm-hmm. We just can't know it all. Mm-hmm. But we trust that it's right. better, better than we think it'll right. be mm-hmm. and better than our best day right. on earth and all that. Yeah. And, and to think that Jesus came and lived and taught and modeled and empowered and offered glimpses and died mm-hmm. so that we could experience it. Yeah. Well, again, I'd view everything through Jesus. And so if it if it meant that much to God that Jesus came for this to to make this a reality, mm-hmm. well then I can promise you I, I don't want to miss it. Yeah. I want to be in on it. <laughs> you know And it's better than we can even uh-huh. imagine. And I want everybody in on it. Mm-hmm. You know? And so so, to me, the resurrection of Jesus, as I said Sunday morning, changes everything. It now empowers the mission of the church, which I think this is, you know, every once in a while there's actually method to the madness here. We've been doing this study 
we end in 1 Corinthians 15. Well, next Sunday, we begin our study of mission. Mm -hmm. Well, the mission of the church is connected to the resurrection of Jesus. So actually, mm -hmm. this all works together. Wow, boss. So, really tied that together. You know, we're, we're, we're wanting... Now, what did Jesus say to these people after they recognized him and they now they know who he is? Luke 24, he opens their minds so they can understand the scripture. And then he says, now, you now have a task. It's to go and take this to the world and be a part of my restoration plan, my yep. restoration. You've seen me. You've seen what I've done. I will, I'll find somebody who's blind and I'll go, mm, no, not this one. I'm, I'm going to show you. It's not going to always be like this. You, you can see this one's this one can't hear. Mm, no, I'm not just going to walk by this one. Mm -hmm. This one's going to hear. The, the person is lame. No, I'm not. I'm not going to just leave you on that mat. Mm -hmm. You know your sins have been forgiven. Stand up here and walk. So these disciples have seen it. They've seen the glimpses. Mm -hmm. You know of of the glory of God of the future consummation of the kingdom. And so Jesus keeps teaching them about the kingdom, keeps saying, this is how it's supposed to look. This is how it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. Now take all that and take it to the whole world mm -hmm. and let's reclaim this whole thing together. So the mission of the church grows out of the resurrection of Christ, you know, because mm -hmm. it changes everything. Yeah. So that's part of the connection for us. Well, I like it very much. <laughs> well, what if we end there? How do you feel about that? I'm do you think we left that. anything on the table? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of questions. There and, are. And an I'm idea. good with it. You know, yeah. our dog's going to be in heaven. Yes. Only um, Charlie and Cheddar Hodges. Yeah. I would say, based on my experience, <laughs> not all dogs going to be in heaven. <laughs> but uh, can, can I imagine this glorified earth without, the, without it teeming with life? Mm-hmm. I would say no. Now, does that mean I think dogs have like souls? Dog, yeah. That's not the point. I don't. I'm not saying that. That I don't. I believe human beings are the only ones created in the image of God. However, God's creation does display His glory and splendor. Mm -hmm. So, whatever God chooses to be in that world mm -hmm. and it to reflect His glory most fully, well, absolutely, mm -hmm. it's going to be there. And you, you don't hear many people ask it. about cats, though. Nobody cares. Yeah, I'm not too keen on cats. Tigers, maybe. You know, as an Auburn guy, I'm pretty sure tigers will be in heaven. It's just tigers. Yeah, but I don't think there'll be many elephants, to be honest with you. So, oh, uh, but you uh, slip that into the end. <laughs> but no, I, I would say the um, I, I love I love connecting all of this. Because it's so connected in my mind, and I don't know how good a job I do in helping everybody see it. But, but you know, the the, you the mission job. of the church, well, yeah. well, is 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 so tied to all of this. If we didn't have all this, there would be no mission of the church. Mm -hmm. There'd be no reason to go to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. So why are we there? Well, we are there because of this. We really believe this absolutely, it and it transforms lives. everyone. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the impetus, if okay. you will. So well, we could talk about this for a long time, mm -hmm. and there's a lot. I don't know, left on the table, but yep. there's just a lot of arms where this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. But I think it's been a fun conversation. Yep. And so I look forward to next week where we hop into missions mm -hmm. And that'll be an interesting study and good for all of us. So thanks, boss, for your time. Thank, thank you. And thank y'all. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening.